Welcome to the Audacious Intent Podcast with Imani Harris. This podcast is for the visionary woman who is ready to create the flexibility and freedom they desire by standing boldly in their authority. I can't wait to share tips and inspiration to keep you pressing forward in your journey so you can continue to shine as the queen that you are. All right, queen, let's dive on into today's topic. Guys, I'm just so excited for this episode because so often we kind of wonder what is the meaning of life and why do we need people to guide us and mentor us and coach us along the way because so often we feel like we're supposed to do life by ourselves but we have to understand that life is a team sport none of us was placed here to do life on our own no matter what area of life that is that's why God made us to desire for community He didn't make us want to be just a man or an island to ourselves, but he wanted to us to really emphasize what the power of community is. And so on this week's episode, I have the pleasure of having an amazing special guest. You know how I get when I have a special guest. I kind of got to pump it up a little bit times 10 because it's so exciting to share the space with like-minded individuals who are doing amazing things in their industry, in their communities, for their people, so that they can be the best version of themselves. So, guys, I'm so honored to have Miss Bola Benny all the way from the beautiful continent of Africa, and she is a life coach and podcaster helping women to rise like a phoenix. So, Thola, thank you so much for being here on the podcast. Hey, Imani, thank you. Thank you so, so much. And hello, everybody. It is such an honor and a pleasure. I'm really looking forward to this discussion. And uh, greetings from Africa, Cape Town specifically. So I'm right in the south at the end and (laughs) in the beautiful city of Cape Town, South Africa. Awesome, awesome. Such a beautiful place, rich with culture and history. And so, Thola, can you please let everyone know what got you on the journey to being a life coach and podcaster with the business Phoenix Rising? Absolutely. I would love to do that. So, My journey to becoming a life coach is really not a very old journey. It's fairly young because what happened is I used to work in medical research, actually. So I am a qualified research psychologist and I was working in research, in medical research, until 2019. Yeah. This was about three years ago now. And what happened is I got laid off because working in medical research, we were mainly funded and and coincidentally funded by the U.S. government for most of our work. And so funding came to, you know, a halt, dried up. And then the organization had to let us go, myself and a few more other people. And so, you know, being at home now, finding myself unemployed for the first time in my life, in my 40s, (laughs) late 40s, you know, when you find yourself unemployed at that age and you're thinking, who's going to employ me at this point? So you have to think outside of the box. 
And um, so I have always loved working with people, which I suppose is why I went into research, because I really come alive when I'm working with people, you know, discussing things, helping each other with problems, whatever. I was a school teacher as well years, years ago. That was my first career. So it just, life coaching just made sense to me, actually. I was sitting at home trying to think, what can I do with myself? And I started blogging and I was blogging and then COVID happened. And then I started blogging about my experiences living under lockdown because this was the first time that we were experiencing lockdown. Nobody had ever experienced this, not in our lifetime. So I started writing about my experiences and I found that I really love writing. So I started blogging, blogging. And then while I was doing that, I started interviewing other people to find out, you know, their experiences of living under lockdown. And then what I would do, Imani, is I would send someone a questionnaire and say, please answer these questions for me. They would send me back the answers and I would put it, put, put the whole thing in a blog post. Then I started thinking, you know what? It would sound so much better and flow so much better if I was having a conversation rather, you know, if it was more interactive than just sending a questionnaire. So then I can ask more questions, clarify, I could, you know, the energy between two individuals talking. And that's where the idea of a podcast was born. And also taking the fact that, you know, as we were going into lockdown, most people started losing their jobs in my country, especially. And, you know, money was scarce and people were not, you know, working at the time. The hours were shortened, whatever the case was. And so most people didn't have money to invest in life coaching. And so I thought, you know what, podcasting, and I start inviting people like yourself, coaches, different types of coaches, and we can discuss coaching topics. You know, we can talk about mindset, self-development, and all of those things. So in a very roundabout way, I know I've said a mouthful, I found that the pieces started falling together like that. You know, the coaching and the podcasting came to life just like that. And so that's why we are here today. And now um, season two, I'm about to wrap up season two of my podcast. Um, and my podcast is called Phoenix Rising, Finding Your Life Calling with Tola Bene. It's about a Phoenix Rising, right? Because I was also trying to chronicle my own experiences of losing my job, losing everything, almost coming very close to losing my home too. And then how I was recreating my life going forward. So that's where the, you know, idea or the theme of a Phoenix Rising came about. And I love that because I think a lot of times when we think of Phoenix Rising, we're thinking back to, you know, Marvel and X-Men, you know, Jean Grey was the Phoenix, but she was like that fire in a negative way because when a Phoenix Rising, when it's under controlled, it can sometimes take its power to the extreme like she did and ended up killing her mentor because she didn't know how to contain the rage really that was within inside of her so when you really take that time to focus on yourself and work on you within it really helps you to be a better version of yourself so yes. how are you able to help people to really realize and untap that energy that is within them to be their best selves Look, the fact, obviously, you know, people often ask me as well, maybe slightly related um, to what you're asking. People often ask me, what does it take to become a life coach, for instance? You know, what type of training must I do and all of that? 
And I often say to them, there are many types of trainings that one can do. And they're all out there. You just need to go and Google and look for them. And you find a school or some course or something like that. Uh, but the most important thing that I learned when I was going through my own um, training to become a life coach, what my coach said to me or to us, a group of us, was you have got to at least have, he used to call it a story, have a story. By, but by that, he meant you must have experienced at least the thing that you're trying to coach other people to be good at or to be the best versions of themselves. So it's easier when you already walked in those shoes because then you can say, I have walked this um, walk myself and this is what has helped me. And so, therefore, I feel I am able to help you to become, a be, you know, better vision or the best vision of yourself. And all of us need coaches, by the way. Coaches need coaches. So, you know, it's it's a community. I think you touched on this as well. You know, the importance of community, um, because I am not able to coach myself because there are blind spots and all sorts of things that I don't see about myself. But it will take someone like you to help me become a better version of myself. And likewise. So that for me is, is you know, what I think I can help others with is because I can see the blind spots or, you know, I can help you with certain aspects of yourself that you don't necessarily have paid attention to. Plus, then I also say coaches also come with tools. We have the tools. So, you know, you don't come into this world with a manual to say this is how you are going to live your life, da, 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 you know. <laughs> so it helps when you're working with someone who has the tools that you may not necessarily have been exposed to. Let's say, for instance, time management. I, I'm terrible at time management. Then it would take someone else to say, look, I have a tool, an amazing tool that can help you get a grip of how you manage your time. So. In that way, then that person is able to help you. I definitely resonate with that. And I think a lot of times as well, it's really getting that person to be okay with asking for help. Because I think so often as we go through life and with things that we see, we're kind of given a negative sense of, oh, you know, you got to do it all on your own. You've got it all together. You know, you just figure it out and just keep yeah. moving. But like you said, there are things that you may not even be aware of at the time that is holding you back or you're, there's a trigger for you or you're yeah. still holding on to a past experience and it takes yeah. someone else to reactivate it. Because a lot of times we already know what we need to do, but we need someone else to remind us that that is truly where we need to be going. So the next question would be if someone is kind of struggling with where they need to start next. How do you help them to know that it is truly okay to ask for help and to have that self-care and self-love for themselves? It, it's about you have to, you know, you, you, you've said this, you have to be willing to make that first step, I think. And, and by that, I mean no one is going to come knocking down your door and saying, Imani, you need help or Imani, do you need help if you don't step out of your comfort zone and say, I think I'm struggling in this particular area. 
<laughs> so a certain level of honesty from your side, introspection, call it whatever, vulnerability too, because that's the hard one. Um, I think I mentioned earlier when we were chatting, you and I, that I'm in the process of writing a book and um, I write a bit, you know, uh, I'm not a very consistent writer. I try to be consistent, but some days I put it away. Some days I get inspiration and I start writing furiously. And today I I wrote a whole chapter and I was very excited and, and proud of myself. But when I put it down, I said, you know, I said a prayer and I said, God, this book is taking me through the deepest parts of myself that I've never been able to to expose before um, things that I've been comfortable to not talk about. <laughs> and, and I think most of us are like that. There are things we don't talk about as a way of protecting ourselves. Like, what is the world going to think if I say this about myself? Because there's this, there's this image thing too, right? That I'm supposed to look like I've got it all together. You know, I'm a mother, I've got kids, my kids are good. You know, they're well behaved. I've got all my ducks in a row. And that's the image that we want to portray and put out in the world. And so when you have to write about how you've struggled about some aspect of your life, uh, and that, that requires a certain level of vulnerability. You have to open up yourself and be willing to take criticism or whatever, because someone out there is going to say, did she have to say that about herself? You know, <laughs> so... This journey has taught me to, 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 to say things. I've, through this journey, I've developed a voice I didn't even know I had where I talk about my life openly and say to God, God, you're taking me through depths I've never experienced before. I don't know why you are taking me through this or why you need this from me, but I'm hoping me doing that is going to help someone one day who will read the book and say, I so resonate with her. I went through the exact same thing and receive help and healing from me opening myself up like that. So I think I've said so much that I've even forgotten what the question was or if I've answered the question. Um, but yeah, you were talking about, I was trying to say that what's important though is for the person to make that first step to say, I need help. Or to open up and say, I'm struggling with this certain area of my life. And then you can help that person. In my practice, we also do something like, um, we call it a wheel of life or yeah, something like that, where we look. So I would, first of all, if you come to me, I would give you a, a short assessment that says, you know, rate yourself in these different areas of life, health, uh, material wealth you know, uh, relationships and different things. I think there's about eight of them. So you rate yourself on a scale of one to 10. What, what is your own assessment? How do you think you're doing relationship-wise? How do you think you're doing in terms of your finances? And then we look at it and then we say, okay, so these are the areas that need a bit more work. So let's focus on those areas. I think that's very true because I think sometimes we have to be okay with being vulnerable and authentic to say that we do have somewhere, a place that we need help and how to get that help and being okay to ask for it, even if we don't get the result we may think we need, but is being able to press past that fear with courage to go ahead and say, yeah, um, this is some place that I'm really struggling with or I'm having trouble in this area. There's someone out there to help you with that because we're not mm -hmm. meant to have it all together. You know, 
yes, society and social media will give you that appearance. But Hmm. what really is the truth is where do you feel you are at the moment and do you feel you are where you desire to be? So I think that's really critical that you say you got to first accept the fact that you need help. Because, again, like you said, people can't drag you kicking and screaming to get the help. They're not Mm going to just appear because they may not know what that specific help is without direction from you. So I definitely really love that. So I love how you kind of talked on the piece of rediscovering your voice. How do you feel that really helps you through the pandemic and beginning the podcast and talking with different individuals? So that really helped me because let me make another example in terms of podcasting. I used to be the girl that, and and I'm sure I'm not the only one because I've spoken to most people and they all say, yes, of course, that hated her voice. I hated the sound of my voice. I think most people do when you're not used to hearing yourself. (laughs) If you do a short recording of yourself for the first time, you know, it's like, oh, do I sound like this? So I used to hate the sound of my voice for whatever reason. Um, and uh, again, my life coaching um, class, then they would make us record ourselves and, and, and even take it a notch up, make us stand up in front of the group and say a short speech and have the, the group recording you. So video recording. I would cringe watching myself. <laughs> Oh, do I talk like that? Do I move my hands like this so much? <laughs> it's a painful exercise at the beginning. <laughs> but I remember the first one I recorded, our um, uh, head coach made us, re- you know, the group record us, like a five-minute recording. That's quite long, actually. And then we had to send it to him, you know, for credit or whatever. And I did not even watch it. I literally just sent it through to him. I think it took me a whole month or two to actually sit down with myself and watch myself talking. But with exercise, with more, doing more of that, I started falling in love with the sound of my voice. And I was like, oh, actually, (laughs) she doesn't sound that bad. I actually think I like the scale. (laughs) And, and, And so, you know, then the confidence comes. Um, you know, podcasting. I would never have started a podcast had I still been in that phase of my life where I hated the sound of, of my voice. So that really discovering my voice, falling in love with my voice gave me that push that I needed. You know, the audacity to think I could have a podcast <laughs> and, you know, and do video recordings of the podcast and put them on YouTube. You know, it comes with a certain level of confidence and audacity, of course. So, yeah, it really helped me. Yeah, you know, he had to throw in that shameless plug with the audacious and audacity in there. I I did not ask her to do that, people. I didn't ask her. Yeah, but it is so true. When I started my podcast, I was the same way. When I heard the first five episodes, I was like, I sound like a little kid who is going to listen to me. I sound like I need to be on Sesame Street or, you know, the Disney Club. But as I kept doing it and I actually was listening to how my voice, you know, inflects and the different tones with different statements, then it actually resonated. But I will say it actually catapulted even more once I got on Clubhouse because people would stop me in mid-sentence and be like, whoa, Please tell us you have a podcast. Please tell me you have a radio show. Your voice is amazing. And, you know, it sometimes takes other people 
to show you the gift of something you think isn't a gift. Can I just jump in there, sorry, while you are on Clubhouse? With me as well, when I joined Clubhouse, um, there aren't many South Africans on Clubhouse, well, not in the rooms that I had been attending. And so the first, the very first time I spoke, uh, it was a group of podcasters that I had, you know, the room I had joined. And I was so intimidated. Here is a room full of 90% Americans, <laughs> all with a perfect American accent. <laughs> So you have those, you know, there's a little bit of self-esteem issues kicking in that, oh, are they going to hate my African voice? Oh, you know, whatever, whatever. But I really had a pressing question I needed to ask. And so obviously I stuck my hand up and uh, I said what I wanted to say. And the first thing that, the you know, who was uh, moderating, it was, um, he's a podcaster as well, quite a big podcaster the first thing he said he said I love your voice and I was like oh (laughs) that's not so bad I thought they were all going to hate my African accent and all of that (laughs) so yeah I'm just echoing what he's saying that sometimes it takes other people to to give you you know that kick that you're looking for that you know build up your confidence a bit Yes, and no, they don't always have a, a perfect African, you know, American accent. Because even in America, they, they sit here and they'll talk to me and they'll be like, "You're not from the South, are you?" Because I live in the South, and I'm like, "No, I, I grew up in the Midwest." And like, ah, that's that accent we're hearing, that Midwest accent. But when you're in the culture, when you're in that region, you don't know that there's an actual, you know, accent for that region. When I was in the Midwest, we didn't go talking to each other like, there's that Midwest accent. No. So it wasn't until I moved to another region, and then they pick it up, and I'm just saying, like, we have an accent? Really? You know? But we do. But I think that's the richness of community and the richness of conversation is that we have the different nuances and inflections and tones and accents that brings a richness to the conversation as long as we're willing to have the conversation. And I think a platform such as Clubhouse has given people that opportunity to be involved in the richness of conversation with people that may, they may never have met otherwise. Absolutely. I love that. Like, I really, Clubhouse has been an amazing tool for me, as well as, you know, not just that, of course, rich conversations. And I often say, I always come out of whatever room I'm in with, you know, I always have a set of notes. I'm taking notes furiously because I'm learning so much from all these people. But not just that, it's also the amazing people that you meet. Now, you and I met you know, over Clubhouse, and I've met other amazing people who have been guests on my show as well. So it's such a, you know, a beautiful sense of community. And that takes me to back to the power of community, because when we're bringing the greatness out of ourselves, when we are rediscovering our voice, we need community because when we're doing it on our own, our limiting beliefs, the voice that tries to protect us, you know, from harm, even though we aren't in danger, it can keep us limited and stuck in a certain place because we so often talk ourselves out of what is really meant for us to do. And so share with everyone how you feel about the power of community and how you use it with your community. Um, you mean in terms of 
So I'm trying to understand the question in in terms of negative self-limiting voice. Is that what you mean? Yes, you can go from there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So I, I mean, again, for me, I'm going to take it back to being in my life coaching group because those people were amazing people who really helped, you know, to build me up uh, as I was still training to become a coach. And there's so many things that I learned just by being a part of that group of people. And one of those you have mentioned, the negative voice that tries to protect us, because obviously it is our you know, that part of the brain, it's the job, its job is to protect you and say, oh, no, no, don't stick your hand up. They're going to hate you. They will hate the sound of your voice or whatever, whatever. And I, I mean, really, its job is to protect us. And so one of the things that I learned while I was in that um, course was to recognize first the negative voices. And we used to call them encodes, negative coding. And negative coding can come from many sources. It can even come from your childhood because maybe one time when you were six, you tried to talk back and you, you know, you got a, a club. We call it a club in, in my culture back end <laughs> because you were talking back to your parent. What if I, you know, I come from hardcore African culture. Um, and and so then you learned not to speak up because you're always worried that if you speak, something bad is going to happen to you. But, you know, when you come together with like-minded individuals and you build each other up and they start, you know, affirming, giving you affirmations or, you know, just confirming to you that you are on the right path, that you have a story to share. The world is waiting to hear your story. You know, I had never thought that the world would want would ever be interested in me or my story. And now I'm going around sharing my story because I'm part of a community. And here's another thing that I love about the community of podcasters now. Um, I was interviewing another podcaster not so long ago, and he mentioned the fact which I completely, you know, also tell people about is that podcasting is such a collaborative effort. It's not competitive. So the, the field is not... You know, it's not like we are competing with each other. If I send people to Imani's podcast, then they're going to stop listening to my podcast because it doesn't happen like that. And that is why we can collaborate. That is why I can guest on your show, you can guest on my show. And, and that that way alone, we are building each other up that you have a story to share. I would love for my audience to hear your story and likewise. And so that way you kind of grow and grow. And, you know, before you know it, you not, you know, afraid to stand in front of 5,000 odd people and, and share your story. So that has worked very well for me. I absolutely love that because you're right. Community helps to empower you in places you may not feel you're at your best self, as well as they give you that leverage to go ahead and step outside your comfort zone to go into that greater place for yourself. Because, yeah, if you don't have that right community that's going to be supportive, you're going to stay in that series, in that channel, I like to say, that's constantly telling you what you can't do and why you even attempt it. But when you share it with others, nine times out of ten, there's someone else in the community who resonates exactly with what you're fearful of or what you're mm-hmm. afraid of. And so when you communicate and you collectively come together, 
to hold each other accountable. There's so much power in that because now you're giving space and holding permission for each other to go ahead and be courageous and go ahead and put those steps in place to go ahead and get past that fear. Because we're never without fear. It's just we know how to embrace it and propel from it instead of letting it detract us from where we need to be. So I would like for you to just share with everyone how they can stay in contact with you um, and learn more about everything you have to offer in helping people to rise to their greatest selves. Yes. So, yes, and thank you for that. So I have an amazing blog. <laughs> as much as I'm not actively blogging these days, I think it's still my pride and joy. And it was my first baby, you know, when I started writing and discovering my love of writing. And my blog is called, oh, well, it's www.zulusingleandfab.com. And I, you know, blog about fitness. I'm such a fitness junkie. Well, I shouldn't use words negative. <laughs> I'm trying to teach my clients not to use negative words. <laughs> I feel like the word junkie is a negative, <laughs> the negative word. And even though I always say I'm a coffee junkie, <laughs> I think I should, I should lead by example and try not to use negative words. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, that's my website is zulusingleandfab.com so there they can you know read about you know I do travel blogging I do food recipes healthy recipes and uh, also and I mean I have a whole section that where I was interviewing people about living under lockdown and then on social media Instagram and Facebook I have two accounts which is phoenix-rising actually it's phoenix underscore not dash Phoenix underscore rising zero zero. That's on Instagram. Or you can look up Phoenix underscore rising life coach. That's my business account. And then obviously LinkedIn, my first name to have any last name. Um, and I, I think that's it. Is there any other? Oh, YouTube. You know, my podcast has a channel now on YouTube, which is uh, the name of the podcast, Phoenix Rising Podcast. So I put, you know, when I do podcast episodes, I would then take the highlights of the, not the whole interview, because I mean, an interview can be as long as 40, 50 in, in an hour, you know, long, but I take highlights of, you know, what was discussed in the podcast episode, and I put that on YouTube. For those people who don't like to listen to a podcast but prefer to rather watch the interview, um, there's a lot of them in my country who would rather watch an interview than listen to a podcast. So those are all the ways that people can reach out and, you know, learn about the work that I do. Awesome. Awesome. And yes, guys, please make sure that you connect with her if anything that she shared today really resonated with you, you know, and even if just to be a place of support and a resource, definitely make sure that you link up with her. And she's an amazing person. That's how we connect. It is on a Clubhouse app. It's completely audio. So you never know who you're going to meet and who you're going to connect with. So stay open to those opportunities when they do present themselves. So before we end on this episode. (laughs) And thank you for the compliment. (laughs) Well, you're welcome. So as we wrap up this episode, please share a couple tips you would like to share with everyone on how they can live their best life. Honestly, the first thing that comes up 
into my mind is to just live your authentic best self. I cannot overemphasize that. Um, and uh, that comes with self-love though, right? I feel like you have to have achieved a certain level of self-love. Some people call it being conceited. I call it just loving yourself. Like you really just, when you can look yourself in the mirror and be like, I really love this girl. Not because of your looks, but because you love the person that's standing in the mirror, you know, in front of the mirror. Then you give yourself permission to live your authentic best life. No apologies. I think at my age too, it comes with age. <laughs> you know, where you get to a point where you're like, I refuse to apologize for the person that I am. Um, you know, so guys out there, whoever is listening to us, live your best authentic self. That's, that's the only advice I can, I can give, honestly. And just do something you love every day. Find one thing that you love. I, I told you I've just been to the park. <laughs> just because I love nature so much. I live in Cape Town. I'm lucky to be very close to the sea. So walks, you know, to the beach. I call those buzz moments. And, you know, if you visit my website, I've written about buzz moments. Do something that gives you a bit of a buzz a day. You know, something that you love. For you, it's watching Marvel action heroes. So, <laughs> Well, but more than that is the kitty videos on YouTube. Man, those cat videos and people are feeding them and caring for them. And they're doing like the crazy antics. I mean, that is my therapy every single day. Do not judge me, people, but you find what works for you. For me, kitty videos. And then second, yes, I will be on Disney Plus watching Marvel. It's all about finding what works best for you. <laughs> on YouTube, I'm watching Pandemic Babies. They have a new thing now. <laughs> Pandemic Babies that are behaving <laughs> in weird and wonderful ways. <laughs> so. Yes, you have to find what brings you joy, guys, you know. Yes. Because you have to be okay with you. That's kind of basically what wraps up what she is saying is you have to be okay with being you. Authentically, vulnerably, transparent. And you don't have to excuse it. And you don't have to pretend to be something that you're not. Because guess what? All of us were meant to stand out. All of us were supposed to be set apart. And we're all unique. And that's what brings those different flavors to the conversation. So definitely love all of that. It has been a pleasure to have you Thola here on the podcast. Those who are listening, if there was anything that resonated with you today, please be sure to connect with her or me on social media or my email. And guess what, guys? You know how I always end it. May you guys continue to soar and shine in everything that you do. Take care, guys. Amen to that. This has been the Audacious Intent Podcast with Imani Harris. Thank you so much for joining. I hope that what you heard today was helpful to you. If you have feedback on today's episode, feel free to message hello at audaciouslymade.com. I'd love to hear from you. Be sure to join me again next time for another episode of education and empowerment to stand boldly in your life and business. Thanks for listening and continue to shine in everything you do.